Welcome to MLD Wealth, Money Matters, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights on the market and economy. Hosted by Chad Larson, top-ranking portfolio manager at CG Wealth Management and founder of MLD Wealth Management. In this podcast, Chad shares concise, clear and authentic views on the market, helping gain greater clarity on the current state of the investment landscape facing investors. Hey guys, Chad Larson with MLD Wealth. Uh, Happy Canada Day, it's July 1st, and I just got so much positive feedback uh, from many of you that enjoyed seeing our monthly commentary more in a video and audio format so you don't have to page flip through 10 pages of charts and jargon. But, you know, hopefully I'll save. I'm still going to flash the charts and use a little bit of a jargon, but everyone wants to know what's going on. Listen, this has been the absolute worst start to the stock market uh, in history. Um, second worst, pardon me, um, except for 1932. So it's the market's getting a lot of attention. Um, so is the economy. So is inflation. So is interest rates uh, and a myriad of other things. But hey, at least we're not talking about COVID anymore. So uh, let's dive into it. I'm going to go real fast. But uh, again, like anything, if there's something that piques your interest or you want more follow on or you want to discuss further uh, at any point, uh, feel free to, to give myself a call or any member of uh, of MLD Wealth and we'll run you through things. So this is more meant to highlight some of the interesting things we're seeing. I think people want to know as kind of despondency and you know fear and sadness is setting in for many investors across the globe. Um, I just want to let you know that these things happen and the emotional response to it's normal. Um, but quite frankly, you know, what's going on in the economy and, and the stock market, such a wonderful uh, mythical beast that, that does look forward. So just remember that while, uh, while the bottom is forming here, um, some incredible opportunities are presenting themselves. Um, and quite frankly, what has happened in the six months is likely not going to affect long, long-term plans. Uh, we just want to make sure that ample liquidity uh, exists across client portfolios for cash flow needs, et cetera, uh, and very confident in our positioning strategies uh, so far. Um, listen, historically elevated percentage of companies are trading below cash and their short-term tangible investments on their balance sheet. That means, and I'm you know, not allowed in a video format to kind of discuss singular stocks and certain names, but you'd be shocked and I'm happy to have these conversations um, you know, in person or on the phone um, about what some of these companies look like because there's some household names that are literally true. The market capitalization is below um, their cash on their balance sheet. So that to me is a sign of capitulation. Uh, when stocks are trading underwater, we haven't seen levels this high uh, in my career, uh, even the worse than the dot-com bubble, um, which is, you know, pretty wild. Um, institutional cash levels have risen to the highest since 9-11. Everyone is bearish talking to institutional counterparties and trading partners and friends uh, that run funds. It's effectively pens down. Obviously, you know, weak need retail, you know, hitting with redemptions, moving the cash at the bottom of the market, you know, so prototypical and, uh, and counterintuitive. But, you know, fund managers are nervous, not so much about their outlook of the economy, but on the strength and stability of their investors to, to stay invested. Um, so uh, that tells you, again, uh, that we've got in bearish uh, institutional managers. We also have some of the most 
the most wildly bearish and negative consumer sentiment that I've seen in my 17 year uh, of doing this job. Um, and I'm sure many of you are feeling the same. People are asking, you know, when the Fed, you know, when they started hiking rates, what happens during Fed tightening cycles? Listen, you know, we're punching well above our weight class vis-a-vis -vis our exposures in our core fund, um, you know, to energy and other sectors. Well, quite frankly, the only sector uh, that is positive year to date. Uh, we've got a gross overweight there, and that's allowing us to, um, you know, outperform our broader index and our broader uh, uh, benchmark to which, you know, we're measured against. But here we are. Uh, the black line is 2021. You can see the you know, 2018. It got real bad as well. But that was obviously more driven by the COVID pandemic and everyone wondering if they're going to get dropped dead in the streets. But um, you can tell that after these severe aggressive hikes, um, that things start to improve prudently. So you know, hang in there. Uh, valuations are looking more reasonable. Listen, this bear paw has raked the S&P's valuation significantly and quickly. As you can see here, the trailing PE is down 12 points or 12 turns, um, peaking here um, uh, at 28.7 times down to 17. Uh, now that's last trailing 12 months. The market was trading at about 23 times forward earnings expectations. It's now trading at around 15 times forward earnings. Very, very, very low numbers. Um, so again, the the bottom is near. Uh, I, I don't like to be the guy calling bottoms. It's not really our job. Our job is to allocate capital effectively and be tactile and move around uh, and to give portfolios the highest probability of achieving uh, their goals over the long term. But that's topical right now for everyone. So so be it. Um, listen, with respect to small caps, you know, some of us, most of us, have exposure to some small cap names. Uh, I, I stay up with the management teams and their boards, um, more so, you know, making sure that they have ample liquidity to see the other side of this because the trading price to small cap stocks is so bifurcated from their long-term valuation, but they live and die by the taps of the capital markets. If a company needs cash right now and they can't get it, they're in big trouble. Um, but the, the valuations are absolutely nonsense. The PE ratio uh, of the Russell 2000, that only includes companies with positive earnings. And let's be honest, small cap stocks don't have earnings. Uh, they're in hyper growth mode. Uh, it's, it's below 10 times. You know, it's, it, again, severe correction, creating that bottom. This was more fun fact, uh, you know, already down with Russian, uh, Russia defaulted on their debt for the first time in 104 years. Um, obviously, the conflict's ongoing. Uh, the Putin regime continues to benefit uh, significantly in kind of the backfiring of sanctions. Um, you know, as, as much as you know, they were hopeful to be worked. Uh, you know, reports out of the Fraser Institute and a number of others saying that Russia is actually uh, seeing some of the record revenues. Uh, obviously, with high energy prices and the rubles actually uh, incredibly strong and recovered significantly off of the knee-jerk reaction from those sanctions, but. Um, you're going to see some more balkanization and and kind of closed uh, economies, and which is going to affect the eurozone. Germany's firing up coal-fired plants. You know, gas is selling for forty dollars an MCF uh, in France. Um, even overheard Macron kind of scolding Biden that you know the the, the Saudis don't have the capacity um, to increase supply, and and the world's going to really sh be strangled um, with high oil prices up here. It's very bad for GDP growth and obviously puts 
recession uh, on the table, which you know no one wants to see. But quite frankly, at this point, is you know, albeit a technical recession, but an actual living, operating, breathing recession. I I, I don't see how we avoid it. Um, but you know, uh, I've been wrong uh, before. Um, you know, I talked about it. This is you know the 2022, the second worst. Yeah, year-to-date performance of the S&P 500 down over 20. Um, you know, what does that look like going forward? Uh, second worst start in history. Typically in this high price action world, you typically see strong performance, but I don't see any, you know, and I'm going I'm to get to the punchline at the end. So stay with me here because um, there's kind of a checklist to find that market bottom. Um, and, don't get me wrong, seven or eight of the 10 or eight of the nine um, signals have been hit. There's really one moment that we'll look for where, you know, quite tactically, we will just get very long and very aggressive. Uh, and But you got to listen to me rant for a few more minutes to uh, to get to that, uh, that market call. Um, you know, so while everyone kind of wants to point to things and some investors are reacting more emotionally, um, this is, you know, obviously the core markets. June was rough. Listen, June, there was no hiding. Um, markets started to bounce. Um, they had a good recovery in that third week and then gave everything back. And this last week, it's just turn off the screens. There's nothing to do. Markets are in, in blowdown mode. Um, you know, the only positive sector year to date has been energy, which I've been talking about that phase three economic cycle for so long. Um, materials are getting hurt. Um, you know, it's still constructive on the thesis, you know, the, the, the copper producers, et cetera. Uh, but obviously the, you know, the iron ores and some of the base metals, uh, they become under pressure when there's the looming risk of a recession, that there'll be less consumer demand for growth, road building, buildings, infrastructure, et cetera. Um, but, you know, some of the valuations we're seeing in these companies are absolutely wild. Again, I can't talk to the specifics in an open video format, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, low single digit multiples to earnings and, you know, well high double digit dividend rates uh, for some mega cap companies. So we're sticking to it. But, you know, our golden goose, the energy trade this year, um, you know, led the pack and just got absolutely murdered uh, this month uh, with fears of demand destruction. Uh, if you've flown lately, um, you're going to see how that demand destruction, it's literally going to cripple um a the infrastructure airlines are cutting routes already not because of lack, lack of demand but because of lack of staffing and infrastructure as the world is you know back traveling at pre-pandemic levels you know pearson you've heard about in the media i flew through pearson this week um you know i uh, you, i could you could get travel ptsd very quickly um having to navigate international airports right now it is absolutely uh, brutal and air canada signaled it that two days ago they announced they are cutting a significant amount of domestic routes they just don't have the people and it's the straw that's breaking the camel's back but when fuel price hedges start rolling off here um labor costs are up uh, inflation cost of goods you know there's definitely a fear that you know there's a there's a construct that you know I discuss with people. There's potentially a kind of a dark period where you know, like in the 50s and 60s, air travel was was really restricted to to uh, the elites. Um, you know, but because air price, air flight tickets are going to airline tickets, pardon me, are are going to get uh, unachievable for the masses. Um, 
but listen, the, the S&P is in a bear market. Here we are. Um, here's what it's done previous times when we've gone into a bear market. Listen, this is bottom line. If you don't go into a recession, the stocks tend to be significantly higher a year later. But you know, are we going into a recession? Again, this, at this point, I don't see how we don't. Um, but, you know, as we've seen an absolute, it's the, the it's historically the highest and fastest rate in which the Fed has changed interest rates. Um, the Fed will be announcing again July 10th or 11th um, another you know decision. Uh, I'm expecting, and as the street is expecting, another 75 basis points. Um, I hope they do it, and I hope that starts to create some more capitulation. Listen, the Band-Aid just has to come off. It's already bad. A little more isn't going to kill anyone um, other than shakeout sentiment and you know, more kind of weak need investors, which, you know, selfishly, you know, in, in every catastrophe is, is opportunity. Um, and that's just a fact of nature and a fact of life. But I hope they just go real fast, real hard, because the finding the bottom, as we talked about all these, these me mechanics is, is important is when the Fed signals a change, the rising rates, We'll keep rising. Like yeah, you almost want to just get it all over with because the minute things start to turn, um, things will in the marketplace look through that. So technically, the market is oversold. Um, then technical is you know I'm not talking technically and to you, but technically within evaluations, um, fundamentals or technicals, um, five percent of the S and P 500 is above their 50-day moving average, uh, the lowest since March of 2020. Um, yeah, that's the end of call it the more protracted uh, presentation. Um, but you know, the Jerome Powell said something, and I'm just going to glance over my screens for notes so I don't miss this. But you know, what he said in uh, a Bloomberg meeting this week was quite telling because everyone's wondering when to time that bottom and when to become more aggressive and switch from being defensively positioned. Um, you know, one of the concern, one of the questions the reporter asked was. You know, do you think you've overshot? Do you think you've raised rates too much or too fast? And he said, you know, potentially, you know, he didn't deny it. And uh, but he's what he did say was quite intriguing to me was that he did say the risk of overshooting to the high side and raising rates too high isn't as great as the risk of not stabilizing prices and not um, creating a reduction in you know the, the inflation uh, numbers. So, you know, are we closer to a proximity to a bottom? Great. So did the Fed go too far? Certainly, but that higher risk uh, needs to be outweighed against uh, the price stability and the Fed is not yet signaling a trade. So the market's going to bounce here. The markets don't know what to do. It's almost uninvestable and untradeable right now. Um, don't play the bounces. You know, there may be a week or two, a day or two, uh, and you know, leave that to the robots and the kids. Um, but where that bottom really forms is a signaling change of the Fed. So the bottom forms now. Um, you know, you can find a bottom with technicals, with fundamentals, with valuation changes, with all of this stuff. So we're finding a bottom, but the bottom. Uh, is when the Fed uh, signals a change and the Fed um, you know, either decreases the rate of escalation. That would start to get me very excited if they go 75 basis points next month and the next time they meet, it goes to 50 basis points, then to 25 basis points. At that point, 
that will be the Fed signaling that it's uh, going to be um, less hawkish and more accommodating to liquidity of the system. So we've got real liquidity at a record low. We've got inventories at an all-time high, confidence at a historical low. Unemployment's going to rise. Um, yeah, that's the demand picture. Um, aside from the CPI and the cost that fuel and food and everything's more expensive, these interest rates are going to limit companies' ability to access capital, to raise capital. It's going to compress uh, their earnings margins, their profitability. They're going to hire less. So uh, unemployment's going to happen. Uh, but just remember, when the Fed starts to signal um, a change to their stance, um, the market is brilliant at, at looking through the coming deterioration uh, uh, in the economic data uh, and that the markets will rise sharply. Like the market data, the economic data will still be horrible and the market will start to take off because the market is a forward looking uh, mechanism. So market will surge when the media is busy selling you news tidbits about terrible economic data. And, and so, you know, we maintain our thesis driven on fundamental longs. Um, we definitely went for a ride this month, but markets and portfolios are not like light switches. You can't turn them fully off or fully on. Um, but the liquidity we're carrying across portfolios uh, is more than ample to meet our short-term cash flow needs as we really anchor things in that holistic approach about um, understanding our, our clients and the client families that we call private clients, making sure that liquidity present themselves and, and we're more in, in tune with that. So. Again, we're going to look for that signal from the Fed about a changing trajectory. We're going to look to, you know, early July to, you know, probably see another 75 basis points, uh, likely another capitulation and a choppy, nasty market into uh, August and September. Um, but we are going into that midterm election cycle in the U.S. and we're already starting to see, um, you know, some even recalls happening and kind of a pendulum swing to the other side of the political aisle. So. Here we are. And, you know, if you have any questions for me, uh, shoot me an email and give me a call. I'm happy to, uh, to answer any questions. Um, thank you again so much for, for tuning in. And if you have any feedback or comments, I uh, look forward to hearing from any and all of you. Have a wonderful Canada Day and have a great day. The comments expressed in this podcast are the results of work done by MLD Wealth Management. They may differ from the opinion of Canaccord Genuity Corp and should not be considered as representative of Canaccord Genuity Corp beliefs, opinions, or recommendations. All views expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or solicitation to buy or sell any securities. The statements expressed herein are not intended to provide tax, legal, or financial advice and under no circumstances should be construed as solicitation to act as a securities broker or dealer in any jurisdiction. All views are intended for general circulation only and do not have any regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or general needs of any particular person, organization, or institution. Please do not hesitate to contact us should you want to know more about the information contained in this video or have any related questions. Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management in Canada is a division of Canaccord Genuity Corp member, Canadian Investor Protection Fund, and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.